Do you suffer from pain, tenderness, or a clicking in your jaw? Maybe you have pain while chewing, chronic migraines, or other facial discomfort. We have the answer for you. Welcome to the TMJ and Jaw Pain Podcast with Dr. Astrid Cruz-Aguirre. Dr. Guir is a maxillofacial surgeon qualified in both dentistry and medicine and is the head of the Temporomandibular Joint Center. You don't have to live in pain. Listen to today's podcast and learn more about the causes of jaw pain and your treatment options. I greet you warmly to the latest episode of our podcast. While we have already dealt with some diseases today, I would like to go into more detail about ankylosis. What is actually ankylosis? Ankylosis is the scarring that can go as far as the joint becoming ossified, I mean stiffening. This is not only the case in the temporomandibular joint, but also in other joints. What is the danger of TMJ, temporomandibular joint, ankylosis? If ankylosis occurs in the temporomandibular joint, and then the mouth can no longer be opened or can only be opened very slightly, this can have serious consequences. The teeth cannot be cleaned well, and if tooth decay occurs, your dentist will hardly be able to do more fillings. The worst case occurs, and there is an accumulation of pus, which we also call an abscess. The anesthesiast can then have massive problems securing the airway and... In the worst case, this can mean an emergency tracheotomy. But fortunately, this is a very rare case. But now, how does ankylosis come about? Ankylosis can develop as part of inflammation or trauma in the temporomandibular joint. We know that the care and treatment of temporomandibular joint fractures are especially important, especially for children, as there is an increased risk of developing ankylosis. The main sign of ankylosis is the slowly progressive limitation of mouth opening, which is not painful. You may be asking yourself, restricted mouth opening, which also occurs in other diseases of the temporomandibular joint. How can these be differentiated? You may already know a restricted mouth opening from an older episode of our podcast. The most common is certainly muscular overload, too much stress, and the associated excessive grinding of teeth or excessive chewing gum can lead to an overload to the masticatory muscles. You will notice this by the radiating pain in the angle of the jaw up to the temple or neck. If you open your mouth wider, it usually hurts a lot more. But if you try to open your mouth further, it hurts, but usually it opens a little further. On the other hand, in the case of ankylosis, the opening of the mouth is very hard, which means that you can only open your mouth to a certain extent. After that, it is no longer possible mechanically. This limitation of the mouth opening is not painful. What other mouth opening disabilities are there? Maybe one or the other of you remembers the joint disc displacement, the so-called disc luxation. During the opening movement, the jaw joint is pressed against the joint disc, which is usually pushed forward, and this restricted mouth opening is also painful. 
Another difference to ankylosis is that when there's a displacement of the joint disc, there's always a sudden onset of malfunction, and it does not develop slowly, as is the case with ankylosis. However, there is another disease that is not so easy to distinguish clinically from ankylosis. This cannot be explained here in the podcast without showing a picture of the lower jaw. However, if you look at a picture of a lower jaw on the internet, you will see that there is a bony attachment on both sides in front of the head of the jaw, which we call the coronid process, which is exactly where your large temporal muscle attaches. And this approach can be extended due to development and be so pronounced that the opening of the mouth becomes very limited. I mean, the mouth cannot be stretched any further and there is no pain. How can you now distinguish between an extended processus coronidius from ankylosis? This is very easy to do with a conventional panoramic image of the jaw, which lets you see the elongated processus or the missing joint space between our mandibular head and our temporal mandibular socket. But back to ankylosis, is there some kind of classification? There are various classifications in the literature according to which TMJ ankylosis can be classified. Shawnady devised the best-known classification in 1986. Here we distinguish four different types based on the X-ray image. In stage 1, one finds more fibrous, I mean scared changes, in the joint area, while in stage 4, there's a pronounced bony mass between the joint head and the joint socket. This means that normal joint anatomy can no longer be found. What should I do if ankylosis is suspected? First, either computer tomography, I mean CT or DVT examination, and digital volume tomography are conducted to display the extent of the ossification in three dimensions. What are the goals of ankylosis treatment? The main goal is to restore a joint so that good oral hygiene and dental treatment are possible, in addition to improving chewing function, of course. In addition, there's the avoidance of renewed ankylosis and in children, the restoration of bone growth that is as normal as possible. What therapy is there? Physiotherapy makes no sense with ankylosis since the ossification must be removed. In this case, the issue can only be fixed surgically. There are various surgical techniques that I offer, ranging from the creation of a new joint gap with the removal of the bony mass to the integration of a jaw joint prosthesis. After a uh, surgical procedure like this, it is important to stretch the chewing muscles intensively because they now must get used to a significantly better mouth opening. What is one of the main dangers after ankylosis surgery? One of the main risks is what is known as re-ankylosis, which means that the jaw joint can become stiff again. Re-ankylosis can be avoided if the entire ankylosis mass is removed during the surgical procedure and the new joint space of at least one centimeter is created. It is still discussed in academic literature whether a so-called interposition should be used. 
the choice of whether an interposition material is inserted into the newly created joint space and if it is endogenous or prefabricated material depends on the surgeon. I always use an interposition to protect the joint space. I am happy to take some skin and subcutaneous fat tissues from the abdominal area. Some also take something from the temporal muscle. I don't like to use the temporal muscle because the patient can often feel this very clearly and painfully for a long time with every clinching. I mean, when the large temporal muscle tightens. I hope I was able to give you some information. If you have any questions or topic requests, please reach out to me. See you soon. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on TMJ and jaw pain or to contact Dr. Cruz Aguirre, you can go to our website, www.tmj.clinic. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. Until next time, we wish you the very best and want you to live healthy and pain-free.